1: I'm not taking any questions.
0: Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cappy Presents, the podcast.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome back to Cabbie Presents. Apologies in the delay with the podcast. I hear you, Twitter. Um, I also appreciate uh, those that have logged in and rated the show recently. Much love. I'm your host, Cappy Richards, whom you can track on Twitter and Instagram, both at the real cabbie one word all lowercase and that's the real cabbie c-a-b-b-i-e last week i was in houston and uh los angeles shooting a few segments for upcoming episodes of uh, cabbie presents and my producer my man d uh dave cricks and i planned a trip to los angeles to shoot a thing with the um the la kings so last year we got pretty lucky that many of the relationships that we formed in the uh in the nhl culminated onto one team. Um, there were like seven or eight guys that all played on the Kings, and they made a run to the Stanley Cup final, and they won the Cup. And later that night, for the first time ever, Captain Crunch was eaten out of the Cup a- on camera and shown on television. And uh, Mike Richards and I shared that moment, which I'm not quite sure he remembers it specifically. Anyway, uh, while in Los Angeles, uh, Dave's staff of Ninjas hooked up some interviews uh, for us at uh, Tom Arnold's house on a video set with The Game, who's a hip-hop artist from Los Angeles, and the legendary Larry King, also from his house. Then we went to Houston to shoot a segment uh, that we worked on with Sprite for six months with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. You can check out uh, pics of... That whole experience uh, to, uh, on Instagram at TSN Official. I think it's TSN underscore official. Or my man DK on Instagram. He's got a bunch of cool pics on there. So that was in Houston. Then on Saturday night of the All-Star, NBA All-Star Weekend, I interviewed Toronto Raptors rookie Terrence Ross after he won the slam dunk contest. And I gave him a NASA badge. Earlier that day, I, would just, I was like, I want to go to NASA, the gift store, to buy some badges and stuff like that. And uh, so uh, I bought a, a bunch. I think I spent like 80 bucks on like these little uh, like, you know, sewn so on badges or whatnot. And anyway, since the all-star game took place in Houston, which is the headquarters of NASA, NASA a few, um, uh, you know, a few fortunate things happen. And then Terrence Ross wins the slam dunk contest. And then I give him one of the badges as a gift alongside his uh, slam dunk championship trophy uh anyway so uh, uh a few other unfortunate things happened uh during the all-star game uh starting with little wayne uh which we'll get into uh with my guest who joins me in the studio right now
0: if it's gonna be uh, an interview i'm gonna conduct it so i'll answer my own questions ask myself
1: the questions then give y'all the answers Closing in on two decades, he's been the most consistent voice of rap music emerging from Canada and ambassador of the culture globally as he travels everywhere, putting on high energy and sweat inducing shows. Cardinal Official stuck his foot in the door that Maestro Fresh West opened and pushed it all the way open. Into the United States. An avid basketball fan and Toronto Raptors supporter will touch on the NBA and get into his relationship with New Jersey Nets owner Jay-Z. Please, please to be welcomed in studio. With Cardinal Official, welcome to Cabbie Presents. Her,
0: her, 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 her. And I'm sweating as we speak. It's it's amazing.
1: It's uh, for, I mean, <laughs> you're gonna have to use your mind's eye for those listening. Uh, it's just we're in a kind of a small, I'm, gl- I'm glistening
0: <laughs> recording <laughs>
1: recording booth. Uh, you can follow his life in the social space on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, at Cardinal O. Oh, that's K-A-R-D-I-N-A-L oh
0: yes all one word and maybe by the time this podcast comes out because we just actually constructed my website it's live and direct um but of course i couldn't just spell it correctly so the direct is d-i-e-w-r-e-c-k-e-d come on man that's just so complicated live and direct Live and direct—that's what what we'll call it. (laughs) So it's
1: liveanddirect.com. That's right. Can you spell that again, please? I I I need to write it down. So
0: simple, man.
1: No, it's not so simple.
0: L i v e. Yeah. A n d. Yes. D i e. W r e c k e d. Wrecked, (laughs) as in shipwrecked.
1: Live and direct. Yes rected.com,
0: Dot com.
1: Okay, so about, I want to say it was maybe like eight months ago or maybe a year ago. hmm You, RT, myself, and your DJ. DOC. D-O-C were sitting in my kitchen mm-hmm. for like three hours telling stories. I can't remember where we were and then we decided to go to my place en route to another place. And I'm not even sure we made it to the next place.
0: We sure didn't make it to the other place. Where were we?
1: I can't remember, but we just, I was like, oh, we'll just stop by. And then we just, we just consumed beverages and then we were telling stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And one of the stories that you were telling was your, uh, your text relationship with Jay-Z and how after certain basketball games, there would be a flurry of messages passed back and forth. Tell me, can you tell me how that relationship started?
0: Well, you see. The relationship with Jay-Z, like, let's let's put it out there. He is not by any means, like, my brethren. Like, after this interview, I'm not going to call him. Oh, my God, you know what, Jay? I was talking to Cabby. But <laughs> um, years ago, years ago, there was this um, little Bayesian girl. She was, like, 14 or 15 at the time. And a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, um, who used to be one of the higher-ups in Columbia Records, He uh, no longer worked there, and he took a year off, and he called me. I was in studio, and he called me. He's like, yo, I found this little girl. She's so beautiful, and she sings. I was like, okay, who is she? He's like, her name is Rihanna. I was like, Rihanna what? Like, (laughs) 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 just Rihanna? He's like, trust me. He's like, yo, I need your help. I need you to get on her demos because I'm going to shop her deal, and um, I have a meeting with with Jay-Z. And I was like, all right, cool. So I ended up doing, like, you know what I'm saying, Um, rapping on two of her demos or whatever, and then... You know, I swear to you. Two weeks later, he's like, "Dude, when we went into the meeting, they just locked the door and didn't let us out until the deal was done." Wow. Yeah, and they ended up using um, one of the songs that I did for the demo was on her first album. I think it was called Rush or something of the sort. That's bad. I don't remember. Dude,
1: shouldn't you know your own? You've done like over 1,000
0: songs. Dude, listen, I I can't even. I can't even begin to think about all the things that I've done. Cause you know what's amazing, and it's cool if it dates me because we were watching the um, the Beyond documentary the other day and i was like ah it's not just me my my career uh is before this whole internet can we curse on this we can't curse can we?
1: Uh, yeah curse i'll just we'll bleep it out
0: all right before this internet <laughs> so it's like you have to understand like um from you know the first thing that i ever laid my vocals on publicly was on socrates's 12 inch like when we were still kids you know what i'm saying like my voice didn't even finish changing yet you know what I'm saying? Um, a, a a 12 inch that he had that's called "Still Caught Up," where I was singing the hook. Nice. That's the first thing that I ever did. Now, from then up until like maybe 07 was when people started like what you know when Twitter came out. That's when people really started like putting everything out there every day. You know what I'm saying? So you have to you have to imagine like for me, over 10 years of my career was not really documented within. Uh, I guess the world wide web okay you know yeah, what I'm saying so yeah. it's like it's hard to keep track of a lot of stuff now you can literally just do a search and oh yeah that's what I did last week or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying like everybody knows like fans now will tell you yo that yo that joint that you did um two years ago with such and such I'm like dude I don't even remember doing that song but you know what I'm saying yeah but anyways so getting back to this whole Rihanna thing so Rihanna it, it was actually an exciting time at that point in time because I actually, I got out of a deal, like I was with MCA and they dissolved, turned into Geffen, then I got off that because that was a mess. They had like three rappers on the whole entire label. So we were able to um to get off that. So I was without a label at the time. And when Jay-Z came up here, he was doing something like Rock the Banner or some Rockefeller Carabana thing in 05. And that was like uh, Rihanna's first live performance. So she came up here and they were rehearsing in the whole nine. And I remember that's when I first met Jay. Oh, Jay okay. was like, yo, I just want to thank you for being a part of this and helping her out. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, sure. <laughs> you know what, <laughs> what I mean? I was like, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Right? You know what I mean? Welcome. Yeah, no problem, Jay. it costs <laughs> extra next time. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's really where um, where everything started. And then it's funny because I performed at his Rockefeller thing. And he wasn't supposed to perform that day but i came out and murdered that joint and he was like word yeah i'm rocking it. you know what i'm saying <laughs> like literally he decided last minute to come out and rock and him and um i think it was him and Kanye that came out and- i
1: remember well, that was in the parking lot yes, by sir. the much building
0: that was right across the street yes from me. i know exactly Sorry. yes and rihanna a- and
1: tiara tiara marie was there right and kanye was there yes right. and you yeah you did kill it there was a parking lot with like 3,000 people, everybody was was jumping and sweating and
0: heart palpitations. It was, it was absolutely, but the funny thing that most people don't know is Jay and Jay Brown. Well, it was mostly Jay Brown. Jay Brown is a, you know, Jay-Z's guy. Um, they offered me a deal on stage. So Jay Brown came over and he's like, yo, we want to do the We want to do the deal. So he whispered a number to my manager manager went back to, to and said, know, tell Jay X amount of uh, you know, whatever, whatever number. Jay Brown went back to Jay Z came back with a number. We're like, We're cool. And that's that <laughs> that's actually
1: We're cool we're, as in yes, we're gonna do this deal or as we're in, cool as, as in, no thank you. I'm
0: cool. No thank you. Okay. Not on okay. a disrespect thing, but it at that at that time it was it was for me it was amazing. It was it was an amazing time because it was either Jay Z or Akon. So imagine me just right. as a random Toronto kid. You understand? At that time, it's like, and it hadn't been done before. You know what I mean? Correct. In, yeah. In, in, from where we're from, so I was like, "Yo, how do you make that decision?" You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, on one hand, Jay Z had signed people, but except for Kanye, nobody had really popped off.
1: Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So that was there was, was, was Tiara Marie. There was right. Wasn't there like MOP he also signed? Dude, this is this, there this was, before he became was, the president of Def Jam? Around the time that...
0: Uh, he had... This is he had like this is the time of like Rock La Familia. There was a...
1: Bef- right. before, okay, so like... Indy Siegel and Memphis Bleak. After and... after that.
0: So he, Chris had, and Neif. he had... Nah, this was after that. He had signed some... He had signed this this one Mexican guy. He had signed True Life, I think. Okay. And, like, a, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, it, it was all random at the time. So, Jay-Z was, like, one of my favorites of all time, but no artists had popped off except for Kanye, really. And then with Akon, he was just star. At that time, he was just star starting to be everywhere right so it's like do you link up with this guy who may be huge or do you lose talk or do you link up with you know what i'm saying with jay who's established but you know what i'm saying so i prayed on it and said to you know said to to rock out with akon and i mean Acon just showed me um just showed me a lot of a lot of valuable lessons you know what i'm saying in how to really do this thing internationally and i think so what does that mean what does that mean cardi um I mean, one of the biggest lessons that Akon actually um, showed us, he's like, North America is cool, but it's all about the world. It's all about international. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like a lot of times when we're here, we're so focused on here that we forget about the rest of the world. Like there's certain artists who are like, ah, that artist ain't popping. You know what I mean, they ain't saying nothing over here. You go travel around the world, they're like the biggest thing around the world. And you would never know unless you travel to China, travel to a Beirut, you travel to France. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, I had no idea, but these were some of the things. Because Akon, he, more than probably anybody I know, he travels to, like, the, the farthest butt cracks of the earth, <laughs> like... You know what I'm saying? Like you'll be like you'll talk to the guys, yo, where are you guys? We're in Kablacal Rakastan. Like, what are you doing there? You know what I'm saying? But um, nah man, like it was it was an amazing time for me. But we uh we kinda trailed off. Getting back to the Jay Z thing. Right, that's the so relationship
1: where, with Jay Z. I'm that's, on that's, Cardinal that's, official here in Studio. That's
0: Wesley. that's where it's that's where it started. So the funny thing is, you know, we did the Rihanna thing, it was cool. And, you know, Jay Z is a very private person, you know what I mean? He doesn't let a lot of people into his his Jay Z world, you know what I mean, and it, and that's cool. I I respect and understand that, but I started going to a lot of basketball games. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a friend of mine, whenever I would go to New York, uh, we would always have tickets to go to the Nets game. So it always the Nets or the Knicks? The Nets.
1: Nets. Okay. Yeah.
0: The Nets. So he would always be there. You know what I'm saying? Like he would be there. So whenever he was there, I'm I'm like, yo, hold on a second. I have this I have this cast email. Hold on. Let me let me link this guy. So it hit him. And you would see him go into his phone, crack up, and start hitting me back. So every time the Nets would play, I would just, you know, because it's unfortunate, but both of our teams stunk at the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's one of them well, joints. wait, where-
1: but wait. In, like, 06, 07, 08, mm-hmm. that's still – so Vince Carter's with the Nets and Chris Bosh is still with the Raptors, so – and they met a couple of times in the playoffs. Yeah, so but they're... I
0: think at that time, that was like anorexic Chris Bosh. Like, that was before he started eating steak and potatoes. <laughs> like, when he had, you know what I'm saying, when he had the church boy haircut. Right, And right, he right. looked like a microphone. Like, <laughs> that was during that time. But that, you know what I'm saying? So, it was really, like, that's really what our relationship was at the time, was really just talking, you know what I mean, uh, back and forth about, about the teams. Nothing more than that. Um, what, it, what is it like now? um you know what my the respect level has has really gone up because you know he's been here a couple of times and you know what i'm saying like he's uh whenever he has a concert you know what i mean like he will give me vip tickets and then we'll you know what i mean we'll see each other and blah 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 like it's still like he's not he's not a good friend but he's you know what i mean me and him are cool you know what i'm saying and it was really amazing um, last year when he donated $10,000 for my Christmas charity event. Like, oh, cool. Yeah, like that was super dope. Because it's like I hit him and like within five seconds, like his lawyer and the accountant like called and wired the money immediately. Oh, that's You know amazing. what I'm saying? That's so like he's a, he's a he's a super dope cat. You know what I'm saying? And And I like him because he's not like a lot of these other rap guys. Like he's accomplished things when some of these guys were still not allowed to go out and play. You understand what I'm saying? So the fact, you know, there's a lot of people that's popping now, but he is so seasoned with this. Like yeah. he's just he's you know what I mean? He's just super cool. And it's funny, the other day, um, a couple weeks ago, I was in LA and he's out there recording. I missed him by like five seconds because we were in studio with um with Timberland and stuff like that. And and uh, So wait, yeah, he so was wait,
1: there. he was recording with Timberland in the same suit and then oh, so he-
0: and I'm gonna you guys can't see this now, but I am it sounds really weird, but I am clasping Cabby's forearm very hard because <laughs> yo. Timberland played me this joint off Jay-Z's new album. Insane. Disgusting.
1: Like, wait, but what? Like, is it is it the beat? It's dumb. Is it the beat or is it the you what know, he says on You know the track?
0: what? It's 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 vin, it's so vintage because the thing is, it sounds, it sounds almost like like a RZA production more than Timberland. Really? Okay. Ooh. So it's grimy. Oh, it's gr- it's grimy. And as usual, Jay's you know the lyrics, it's okay, I'm, so wait, so wait uh, so
1: wait, so wait, so wait, so Jay-Z was just recording with Timberland, he leaves, uh, and then 10 seconds later, your car pulls up, and you walk into the studio, and Timberland was like, "Oh, Hove was just here."
0: something like that. We were we came into studio, I was with um you know what I'm saying, we got this new Click Island Boy cartel, um the IBC, so I was out there with um with Rock City and and DJ Benny D and Sean Kingston and all them. and um uh, Sean
1: Kingston's a part of it. Newly recruited member. Well, he's got some island roots, right?
0: Absolutely. I mean, depends on who you ask. But he, I think his, (laughs) but nah, but I think like. Does he actually or no? No, he does. He does. Nah, he does. Like, (laughs) I think he was, I think he was Because he's kind
1: of jafakin to me.
0: Nah, he's, nah, he's real deal. Like, his uncle is actually, I think his uncle's Jack Ruby. So, like, he's like real deal Holyfield Yachty. You know what I'm saying? But I think he was like born in Miami and then like he was raised as a kid in jamaica or whatever but nah nah like he's got the real family like when i go back home um my aunt is the manager of um one of the managers at a at a big hotel down there and she's like yo sean kingston rented out this whole place and his whole entire family was here like they locked it off to have some kind of a party so now it's real deal but anyway we were in studio and we were just you know i'm saying we were working and rocking out and um anything ill comes in anything ill is from um is from planet six part of the IBC and he's like, Yeah, big man. I just met Jay Z, my I said, Jay here? So I hit him up and he's like, Dog, I just left out the back door. Loose talk. So <laughs> I was like, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, we we, we just missed each other, but
1: How did you get the how did you get? I I was at this concert, and I think it was on Halloween, mm. when Jay Z was in Toronto at the Air Canada Center, mm. and Jay does this thing at the end of his show oh, where yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. he like looks and he he acknowledges fans in the crowd. He's like, "I see you, orange t-shirt. I see you, you know, yellow bandana." And it's just a cool way for him to, to acknowledge his fans. And if you're one of the chosen one, you feel like a a bazillion bucks. Right. And I remember I was at this concert. And he go and he's like, Oh, there's Cardinal, you know, watch watch your girls, fellas, His Cardinal's here. And I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> like a huge and you know, the crowd's like, oh like, you know, everybody's like was cheering. Yeah. And then you got that clip and you put it at the beginning of We Gon' Go. Right. So how did you okay, first of all, uh how did you get the piece of sound from that concert and then uh and then why did you decide to use it at the beginning of that track?
0: Uh Do you remember how he I don't actually even remember how I got that to tell you the honest truth. Somebody, somebody, uh, somebody probably sent it to me. to Tell you the honest truth. I think somebody, somebody had sent it to me. But that whole song at the time, that whole "We Gonna Go" song, like it, that kind of embodied everything because it was just about that whole feeling, the whole vibe at the time that I felt was missing from hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And it was kind of you know, me paying tribute to all of my favorites, or right, some of my favorites, dope. you know what I mean? So, you know, Jay being one of them. You had, yeah.
1: uh, you, you had a lot of uh, a nice shout outs there. Absent on that list was uh, Cabby Richards. But that's cool though, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you made up for it when I appeared in a, a nasty mustache there in you go hey, li- hey
0: listen that, and that, that and ugly
1: freaking mustache we recorded it in November I'm like November uh, and, uh, that, and that one
0: well, but you see you will be forever forever uh frozen in time as somebody who cared and was doing something for the cause. So if anybody ever <laughs> says, "Yo, what's with that mustache?" Hey, I was raising money for a good cause. Yeah,
1: uh, I guess that's true. But it was an <laughs> ugly freaking mustache and then was my dumb looking like looking like
0: an a, a, a 80s pervert or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I really was. <sighs> so uh NBA all star weekend just happened. How many um and and I remember the one I think the first time I ever saw you um, on the road, we are in Atlanta, and this is 2003, and I remember this oh, because man. you and I <laughs> ended up at, like, a Waffle House at, like, 3 <laughs> or 4 o'clock in the morning. It was packed. There was, like, one server, poor, poor, I can't remember if it was a guy or a girl, but I just felt bad for this person, because the room is filled with all these black people. They're gonna make about eight bucks in tips. Like that's one. That's one of the stereotypes that that we have for black people. That's kind of true. And I uh, and I, me personally, I'd like to overcompensate, cause I. And hey, wanna, you yeah. know
0: what? I I minimum fifteen percent. I go minimum twenty. Min. Nah, hell no, You're you. gotta go minimum twenty. No way. No. What way. do you mean no, no way. way? Because the rule the rule of thumb, depending on what. Now I'll tell you something internationally after, but the rule of thumb is generally that tax, um, the tax is usually what the tip is. No,
1: but you have to you have to calculate it after, like the total, and then calculate the fifteen percent. Well,
0: here's my thing: even if service if even percent. if service sucks, I give them fifteen percent. If service is good, I, it's always twenty percent.
1: See, I, I see. I start again. I'm overcompensating. So Definitely
0: overcompensating. If fam.
1: it's if it's like if it's thirty bucks, then I will usually just. You know, multiply. You know, the, the if it's you know if it's thirty five, then I'll just go three fifty times up. two for for seven bucks, and then I round up to ten. That's that's what I generally do. I just had lunch today at. Uh, Grand electric, and that was it was like thirty five bucks, and I just went with a forty five, and that's not it, even a lot of money. It, no, no, no it, that's it, only ten sky. bucks. It's it's not a lot, but
0: anyway. So hey, listen, okay, pe- people out there, you you see what cabby's pockets are all about, <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: yeah, right, a ten dollar <laughs> tip. That and actually, I think I think some of it was Canadian Tire money. Right? I think I left about two bucks <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> in Canadian tire money. Like <laughs> some of the bills were blue like a five and I left a few so the person probably thought, Oh man, I'm getting a bunch of these fives.
0: Uh, uh, okay,
1: so we're in Atlanta for All Star Weekend and we yeah. end up eating at this at this Wobble House. Mm-hmm. But how many of those uh, weekends have you gone to? All Star weekends?
0: Oh man. A whole a whole lot of them. What was um, it? do you remember
1: the last one that you went to?
0: No. To tell you the honest, where was the last one? The what last
1: it? okay it was Houston and then before that. I think it was Orlando last year.
0: I tell you the honest truth. I don't remember because those All Star weekends, like when you actually go to the weekends, it's very little to do with basketball. <laughs> it's, it's well, they very- call it
1: they call it the Black Super Bowl.
0: Well, it, uh, I and there is some of that. There definitely is some of that. Listen, I remember my favorite one. I think was Philly. Philly was a Philly was a lot of fun when when the All Star game was. That's was when in Kobe Philly.
1: won the All Star the MVP and they booed him in Philly. He he took that personally.
0: Right, that one. But that one was a lot of fun though. Like that's the for me that's the first time. Like now it's a little bit more common, but. That's the first time I went to a party where they were like, yo, it's $100 to get in. And I was like, 100 what? Like, <laughs> Mexican dollar? What are you talking about? <laughs> P- pesos? Right. Like, drachmas? Like, what? Yeah, so I remember, like, for me, that was that was the first for a lot of things. That was, what was that, like, 0-1 or something?
1: Yeah, oh, I think it was 0-1, and then Washington was 0-2, Atlanta 0-3. Yeah, because
0: I remember, like, you know, them them times it was crazy because I used to, you know, I used to run with the Clips sometimes, so I remember the Clips was there, and that's the first time I got to see Trina's ass in person. Oh, and boy. And just what was you it know what I mean? I mean? It was, was it little, similar it to, it to was Kim little, Kardashians. You know, I now this is me. Um Kim Kardashians they say is injections and stuff like that. If you've seen ass injections, it's kind of like the like the fake boob thing, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like some people like fake boobs. I think they look <laughs> regarded, You know what I'm saying? They're like they're hard like you can you can knock on them. Right, And right. it's the same thing like with the ass injections. Like it's great cuz you're like, "Oh, look at that big round ass." But then it's like it's like you're squeezing a medicine ball. It's 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 a little bit different. <laughs> Trina is all real. You know, what I mean, it's it's meaty, and you can see it when she walks. Like in the switch, you can see some of the movement. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So and the that, muscle and the, I, I, I wouldn't say muscle. Just the backside. It's definitely you know what I mean there's stuff in there. Some cornmeal <laughs> that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's well fed well fed but yeah philly all-star game that was dope but yeah i've been i've been to a bunch of them i i had i really just uh it was my little guy's uh first birthday this this uh last week so hey, happy. what's his name uh, well you know we okay we, fine
1: you're okay happy birthday to your uh, happy belated to your little guy
0: there you go okay. so anyway because i don't want anybody to bite his name and then his name is not special anymore um <laughs> but so i skipped i skipped the all-star i skipped all-Star this year. Like, all my boys went down. But uh, in all honesty, like, just watching it on TV this year, it looked so boring. Really? Yeah. Like, I wasn't excited about anything. Like, everything that I started to watch, I was like, Psst. after, like, 20 minutes, I was like, this sucks. And But here's the thing that I like about New School everything, is that Twitter is the funniest thing during, during any event.
1: One million percent
0: agree. So All-Star Weekend was great because of all the commentary. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you honestly, Chris Bosh, that was my guy. When he was here, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember I hosted his birthday party here one time, like, you know what I'm saying, me and Cypher Sounds. And Chris was cool, but, man, they, Chris was not a cool All-Star Weekend for him. This Oh, boy. Uh, he got, Yeah,
1: he just got... Should we? Okay, let's get into it. So, so he, so, so Chris, I don't know if you. There's a, there's a photo, and then like the past, e- Okay, so even I'm gonna take it back to even when the Miami Heat won the NBA championship, championship yep. and there's the shot of LeBron and D Wade with the champagne and they're spraying it. <laughs> And then Chris (laughs) just jumps into the frame, into the camera view with a bottle of champagne and just dousing himself, but it just looks like it's the money shot. Like, just, it just, oh, just like, oh, Chris, I know you're hyped and I know, we know you're excited, but just visually it didn't look masculine and it didn't look cool. It
0: was definitely R. Kelly'd up in that (laughs) shot. (laughs) Definitely R. kelly And then,
1: so then there was a photo of Chris Paul holding the, uh, all-star, uh, sorry, the yeah, All-star MVP trophy, and in the background, Chris Bosh is sort of just looking over his shoulder, <laughs> and just has this look. It's just like, oh, just another one, just not, uh, not. G-. And but that's not the biggest punch in the groin that he got yeah. uh, the night before. You know, uh, for those who are unaware, uh, Lil Wayne had a party, and on stage he's with Baby, and he's with Drake, and he just stops the concert, and he's just talking to the audience, and he says, you know, I was banned from from all the NBA events and later he went on to explain on a on a radio show that he was supposed to uh, participate with Gerald Green in the dunk contest do do something but the NBA said no you can't participate in that and he was also supposed to appear with Alicia Keys during the halftime performance mm. but they said no to that so he got the, the those two things uh, you know thrown at him so he was mad so on his on his <laughs> on stage he's like F the NBA F the Miami Heat, you know they're the reasons why I can't be part of the All Star Weekend. F LeBron James, and oh by the way, I f Chris Bosh's wife.
0: Hey man, that and that and the funny thing was listening to the radio show. I was listening to it yesterday, and Homegirl was like, "So there's nothing you want to take back, Lil Wayne?" He was like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say he did say well,
1: he he'll take he well, he wants to take back the f LeBron, the LeBron. part, like because LeBron and I are cool and blah blah blah. Right, but nothing else. No, no f the NBA. No f the Miami
0: Heat. And never mind that. No, I effed his wife. Like that. That's his like real deal. Holy field wife. You know what I'm saying? Like rings and all that so
1: wait are those are those legit fighting words though like if you see if a dude disrespects you like that and the whole internet has access to hear and see the way that you said that and i felt bad for drake because he he turned his back on the crowd because he didn't want to be a part of it when he's going off f all these people he's like those are
0: are his people those are yeah those are his boys he's
1: partying with lebron at the two kings party with him and jay-z and then michael jordan's party but anyway to you Cardinal, i'm in studio with cardinal (laughs) official Uh, if someone were to disrespect your lady like that in a public setting like that, the next, t- I mean, are you are you going to try to, are you pulling a Carmelo Anthony? You're going to try to see him by, <laughs> by yeah. the bus?
0: Um,
1: or, like, so, I mean, so, or what do you do? Because that's a legit slap in the face and a kick in the groin, and the whole world is watching it.
0: You know what, and, here, and here's the thing, and I'll tell you honestly, and it sounds messed up, I mean, I'm cool with my relationship, so I'm not really sweating any of that, but, if I were Chris Bosch, me and my wife would have to have a, a conversation. Conversation. Because the thing is, if he did, he can't really do or say anything, right? Because if it's the truth, then right. you can't change the past right. as much as you want to. Chris could have came home and been like, "Yo, did you?" She said, like, "Yeah, hell yeah, I did." You know what I mean? <laughs> like, then what are you supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's not, there's nothing you can really do at that. It, like, it's different if he didn't.
1: Okay, but Okay, so okay, so if he didn't, if someone says that about you and your lady, make it you. Yeah. And and there's no truth to it whatsoever. Some random dude says whatever on, a, you know what? And I looked up with Cardi's wife.
0: Right. I mean, especially us rappers, we gotta choose how we say these things differently, podcasts or not. Because if I tell you what I'd really do, it would be incriminating myself for the time that that may happen. <laughs> Um. So it would but seem I mean, premeditated. Right? It would seem premeditated. But I mean, like, if you ask me, like, right now, if you're like, "Yo, Cardi, I smashed your wife," I'd be like, "For real? We're, like, my first thing is, I would have to check with my woman. And if she's like, "Yeah, me and Cabbie did smash," I'd be like, "Like, there's you can't really do anything." <laughs> now, if you just said some random, and you didn't, then we then we have issues. That's different. Then we have issues. You know what I'm saying? But if you did smash, you know, cuz I smashed a lot of people's wives, but oh my goodness. You know what I'm saying? But it's like what what can you do? It's one of the hey, it's 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 in their catalog, you know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 I was one of the prerequisites, you know what I mean? So they should Seriously, but you have to th- think about it like this, bro, cuz oh it's like, yo, uh, for whatever reason me and the chick didn't work out and now they're with you, so you can thank me actually for smashing your wife because it led to her being with you. It's yeah, no,
1: nobody would ever be that rational about it. But this, no, no, but no this, this is why that, we're
0: here today, because dudes are going to be like, man, I ain't really think about it like that. Thank you very much for smashing my wife. Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come
0: on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Hey, man. So, um, hey. so
1: okay, so like, <laughs> if you're, okay, so now you see, Chris Bosch is going to see, Lil Wayne also said in that radio interview, I think it was on 99 Jams in, in Miami, mm-hmm. he also said that, he spends $1.5 million 1.5. On, 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 Miami Heat, on the Miami Heat franchise to pay for those courtside court, seats. Yep. I imagine he, he bought a pair. So $1.5 million he's giving to Mickey Arison. So he has, and I believe in the NBA you have the right of refusal if you cause problems in the arena. I think there's a, a fan code of conduct. I think it's on the back of the ticket. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, I know they have that for sure. I'm not sure what it is in the NBA. Right. But if they allow, like if they allow, okay, Lil Wayne, you can continue coming to these games because we've already cashed your check.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now Chris Bosch is going to see him. You know, courtside. You know. Uh, so I, like, yo, what? So, I
0: think about. Wow. Like, it, well.
1: even if okay, if it's not true or if it is true, then like,
0: hey, I mean, man. I'm do really, you have
1: a? Do you mm-hmm. have a man-to-man combo behind closed doors? Like, listen, man. You know,
0: I, me, Cardinal. That's what Cardinal do. Cardinal works it out. You know what I'm saying? Cardinal will will deal with, with Wayne. I I you know what I'm saying, like if it was me, I would have said yo. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's try and arrange a talk. But you know what I'm saying, especially like knowing how people can be, like, if Wayne didn't want to talk about it, then I mean, hey, come courtside. What you know what I mean, lose talk, but what you gonna do?
1: And to make matters worse There's uh,
0: people that say a lot worse than that every game about Chris Barr. So I, I think with the but player to, uh, with the players, I mean, because he's a superstar, you might feel a little extra salty, but people are going to do that. Yeah, think about your homeboy, your best friend, your cousin Kobe. <laughs> you yeah. know the amount of hate that man gets every game. People, they can't stand Kobe. I agree. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? But
1: it's not like people are really saying, Kobe doesn't get a lot to his face. Not a lot. Because then Kobe's like, all right, I'm going to take the next Nine shots for sure, right? And I'm gonna probably hit four or five of
0: them in your
1: face, regardless of your defense,
0: right? Well,
1: but he does, he does. I mean, I'm sure he gets a lot from the fans, but I don't know about player to player. I know there, some guys are great at trash talk, Kevin Garnett being probably the best as far as the most vocal, yeah, but I don't know if like. If you're you're Tony Allen on the Memphis but, Grizzlies. But you know what?
0: Be... Wayne, don't, Wayne don't like none of them except for LeBron. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be an interesting dynamic now. Like, people are definitely going to watch those games to see what, you know what I'm saying, what happens or doesn't happen. Because the thing is, like, you can't miss them, you know what I'm saying, when them when them dudes are courtside. Like, you always see Baby or Wayne. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, pfft, hey, it'll be interesting, man.
1: Now, and then to make matters worse, I don't know if you saw this, but when the Heat played in Atlanta, Chris Bosh went to the line of scrimmage. Sorry, excuse me, not the line of scrimmage. He went to the free throw line in the first quarter mm-hmm. to take free throws. The crowd started chanting, Wheezy. Oh. Just like, what of, like, the the three, four oh. days for this guy. Like, he can't win. Weezy, Weezy, <laughs> I feel bad for Chris Bosh. Uh, like he just, he just can't catch a break. That guy.
0: Yo, it's yo, it's terrible. I feel, I feel sorry for the homie. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it comes with the territory. Like you can cry yourself to sleep in your 10 million dollar house. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, get your private masseuse to wipe your tears while you're getting a massage and stuff. So I mean, you know, you feel sorry up to a certain degree.
1: Now you mentioned um. Okay, I'm just gonna take a quick detour. You mentioned the clips earlier, like when you went to the Philadelphia All-Star Game in like mm-hmm. '01, mm-hmm. and I re- I recall vividly. And I used to when um, I used to work with Tim McAuliffe, a very good friend of mine, and we used to. <laughs> you co- know your moat. Yes, and we used to <laughs> quote your some of your rhymes in the Grinding Remix. Now work. this is again sort of it is kind of in the internet era, but not really the internet that we now know as. The internet. So radio play was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And then you're, when you're remixed, like they just keep, what did you, what they just can't hold, no. They
0: we, just keep holding me. Yes. Yep. Don't let go. And, yeah. and, uh, so, so. The little Robert Nestor flip.
1: <laughs> how did you, okay, so that was like, to me, that was like the first time that you broke. In, in a like on a big they were a big American act not not a huge commercial success but certainly in hip-hop mm-hmm. they had a lot of notoriety they had a lot of fame within the genre yeah so how did you connect with the clips and thereby sort of opening that door to the US because you you're recording in the United way more than you record in Canada you're always somewhere else making music
0: I mean at that time to tell you the honest truth it was teed out again I was home um, those times like at that time like you know what i'm saying like i was it was funny cuz i had a crib in new york and a crib here nice. so i'd split my time but um i had i was home and we were at the courthouse and we were going into some little vip part some security person was escorting me to the vip and out the door walks Pharrell. so i'm like w- what are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, now, like, people frequent the T. Dot a lot more, but back then times, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, we're actually here, you know, promoting the Nerd album. Um, So I just, you know, I came through. He's like, yo, fan, yo, I am a fan of Old Time Killing. That is crazy to me. Amazing, amazing. I was like, yo, and Grinding had just dropped. I'm like, yo, Grinding is... He's like, yo... I'm going to send you the files, and this is showing you, like, back in them days, they had to FedEx <laughs> the files. He's like, I'm going to send you the files for grinding. I want you to get on the remix. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because that,
1: that, so, that happens a lot, right? People just talk a lot of stuff? All the time. Right.
0: Yo, we got it. Famous quote. Yo, we got to work. That's what everybody say. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. The, the two that go together. Yo, I'm a fan, son. Word. We got to work. All right, cool. Take my number. Right. So anyway, he's like, you know, and I'm going to send you the files. I'm like, all right, whatever. And I remember um, being in studio and the files came. And I loaded it up. The song was done. Like, my whole thing was done in 10 minutes. Like, really? literally, like it took no It took no time. Like, the vibe was, in, like, I was so hyped out of my skin. Like, I was like, yo, this is insane. Like, this is actually going down. I was like, all right, cool. Let me kill this. Killed it, sent it. And send you did. It. And you really did. Yo, and from it was it was crazy, man. Like, from, you know, from then, and, you know, he put Sean Paul on it. So it was me and Sean Paul and the random guy. It was one of his brethrens. Like, some guy talking about people. People said this all for a slice of bread. I was like, who is this <laughs> random guy in between me and Sean Paul? But anyway, loose talk. Um, but, like, you know, that really, um, from there, that's when we went on and, and ended up doing... That belly dancer record, and yes, you may not remember. Belly
1: is that yet. the is that the Sean Paul and no, Beyonce
0: one? No, 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 no. This is me and, and tweet and the Neptunes, me and Pharrell. Yeah, A joint called Belly Dancer. This song never really came out because that's the same time that the the label dissolved. Oh, it, yo, that was like Little X had uh, shot the video. We spent like two hundred thousand on it. Oh boy, never came out. Oh boy, I had one of those Movember mustaches. It wasn't Movember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, like from doing that stuff with the clips, he's like, I got to get on the album. And I remember going to studio. You'll love this. So he's like, you know, we have a, a studio session with, you know, with the Neptunes. I'm like, you know, geeked out because you have to understand, like at this time, this shit is not happening to anybody from where we're from. A hundred percent. You agree. understand what I'm yes, saying? Like yes. it's, it's so significant because it's like, never mind. uh, Pharrell, there's Pharrell, Busta Rhymes at the time, Pharoah Monch, Timberland, like all these people are like, yo, son, I, yo, like I've never heard anything like this before, so I'm rocking out with all these different people, so I'm hyped out of my mind, you know what I'm saying? I go in there, and there's a chick. Now, me, uh, me and me and chicks in the studio, I'm not a big fan of it. Because what does that mean?
1: Like just random girls like like in studio? Like a girlfriend studio? of one of the guys? Doesn't matter.
0: Or just a, like what if she's a female artist? Well, that's different. But if you're not an artist, like a random female in the studio just hanging around, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's never been my cup of tea because females—not to 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 generalize or stereotype—but when rappers or producers bring random chicks to the studio, they serve no purpose except to boost your ego. They don't contribute anything to the song. So, like, when I'm zoning out, I don't have a time. I like I don't have the time for some random chick who's like. Offering her opinion based on what she heard or what she saw on World Star or something random <laughs> like that. Like, keep your opinions to when the song is done. So there's this chick in there, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh man, but it's Pharrell. So I'm like, you know, what can you do? You can't, you know what I mean? <sighs> this chick starts talking and I'm scratching my head. I'm looking at her. I'm like, why do I recognize? Is that Missy Elliott? Naomi Campbell. What? Naomi Campbell, dude, We're just sitting in the studio, chilling. I was like, I'm cool with chicks being in studio. <laughs> I'm so good with this right now. I'm so yo. Wow, Naomi so Campbell is one of the
1: finest women, dude. Ever.
0: Makeup on or off. So, anyways, the thing is, this song that he's producing is inspired by her being in studio. Like he's looking at her and he's, like he's. I'm like, all right. You know what I'm saying? This is this is what it's like. You know what I mean? And like Pharrell, he's you know he's a different caliber of cat. You know what I'm saying? Like he's standing on top of the table delivering this speech to me. I am the one that brought black music to Britney Spears, to NSYNC, to JT. Like I'm changing the way it is, so you have to trust me. I'm like I'm I'm with you, dude. I, you know what I mean? <laughs> so,
1: and he's literally standing on the
0: table. He's literally standing on on the table. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He's li- and, but, that, but it's so dope. Like, that passion, you rarely see that passion anymore. Because things like we're in the age of double-clicking, you barely see the people that are in your face, you know what I'm saying, and believe and love the music that much and want to change sonically what music sounds like. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays, people just want to get something on the radio so they can do some shows and pay their rent. You understand? Like, those times, it's just like you're in there to do something magical. So, you know... That, you know, that session went on and it was crazy because that actually opened the doors to me being able to uh, start to invade England, the UK and Europe and all that because they love belly dancer crazy over there. And from that in that same year, I think it was like that was like maybe oh, two, oh, three. I linked up with this group called Texas. Who's Texas? Cardi, exactly. Texas at (laughs) that that time in o in oh, two had sold twenty five million records globally. And right, we have no idea who they are. Huge. So I did they were coming out with the album they wanted me to be on their first single. So I was on their first single, a song called Carnival Girl. And dude, like you have to imagine this is my real intro into the UK. Like, I'm talking like these guys are sending, you know, at the time like Ben like the G Wagons to pick me up. We're flying private jets to scotland to ireland to here there and this you have to hey i'm from oakwood and vaughn is where i was living at the time you understand <laughs> what i'm saying like i'm living in i'm living in turf at oakwood and vaughn but i'm over in europe on private jets like i'm talking private jets to where like you don't have to put on your seat belt you know what i'm saying like they bring you sandwiches the crusts are cut off you ask for apple juice it's fresh freshly pressed apple juice <laughs> Some blonde chick, you know what I mean, with a push-up bra. Like I'm like, this is amazing, you know what I'm saying? Like literally, like um, the toilets are padded leather seats. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like with yeah, with like a a candy basket beside it in case it, <laughs> yeah. So you know what I mean? So like all these string of events is just leading to all this amazing stuff internationally for me. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's so dope because why I like it is. Everything stems back to being from Toronto because all these people that wanted to work with me. It's not because I was the hottest at the time, meaning like, it, you know, a lot of times when you're number one, everybody wants to work with you. You understand what I'm saying? Not because you're dope. It's because you're number one and they want to jump on that train. And what happens is for a lot of those artists that are number one, when they start to fall off and they're not number one anymore, people don't want to work with them because they didn't like them because they were dope. They liked them because they were number one. Right. So for me, it was really ill because people really just loved the artistry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was doing cool, but I was just starting. You know what I mean? But people was rocking out. They're like, yo, we've never, you know what I mean? Like, some people used to compare me to, like, uh, uh, the energy of a KRS-1. I remember that's, what, that's one of the first, he, he probably wouldn't even remember, but I remember Jay-Z's like, yo, you remind me of a young KRS-1. No, I remember, I remember KRS-1. Some, yeah. some people
1: listening, like there's one guy in Philly who's not really sure. Right. Some, like a 19-year-old kid <laughs> who loves the Philadelphia Flyers and he listens to this podcast, right. but is not sure who no KRS-1. Yeah. But KRS-1 was a legendary... Uh,
0: Hip hop uh, artist. All you need to know is go re- from from Brooklyn. Go read. Oh, no, Bronx, Bronx. Excuse me, Bronx. South the down Bronx. Bronx oh my gosh! Geez. Wow. Sorry. But he had one. Of, he had one of the most uh important songs to hip hop. The bridge is over. Right. Um That's that's where you should well, it's start. It's like the your, original battle beat. Yeah, e- e- just disgusting. Just the piano and the piano. The reason why you have to understand how that relates back to me is that was actually a that was actually a Super Cat song. Oh, boom, was? Boom, 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 really? Boom, yep, Super but before, Cat, before before KRS One oh, called "Cebulps Day." Cebulps Day, so you have to understand when KRS One came out. To me, I'm like, it was dope for two reasons: for hip hop, crazy, and to this day, people have no idea like, when they go back and dissect it. But never mind the fact that he took that whole melody from from Super Cat. But you have to understand, the bridge is over. He's in his own, I mean, I found out just the other day, he's Trini. His family is Trini. Oh, really? That's one I didn't even know. But he's doing this patois thing the whole time. But yeah, people yeah. don't even put two and two together. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, bye-bye. The bridge is over. Yeah, the yeah, bridge yeah. is over. You see me coming at the dance with a Spliffers and see ya. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I relate to that because it sounds like one of my cousins or my uncles <laughs> are, you know what I mean? And that's really where my whole love for this hip-hop thing came is when certain people... Uh, kind of related it back to what I knew about the KRS ones, the Mishimi's, and all that kind of good stuff. You know what I mean? But anyway, uh so getting back into straight, a, so, we straight again. But yeah, so
1: so you're now you're traveling because your introduction. To Pharrell led to working with the clips, and 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 him wanting to work with you again because he loves your artistry and your energy. Right. I would say that the way that you perform is the way that Busta Rhymes, and it, I hope you don't take offense. No. The way that Busta Rhymes energy in hey. a track is is you are embody that on stage because I've seen you perform over a dozen times, and it's the hypest show.
0: Busta Rhymes is I'm I'm so privileged to say is a good friend of mine now, and if you got to see Busta when and I'm not saying that Buster doesn't give an amazing stage show right now, but when he was young,
1: like in the '96, but like Wuha Busta, Do you remember,
0: I don't know if you rem- he came here and did a show at it Fluid. wasn't even called the Cool House. Uh, uh, he did a show at Cool House. Uh, what was and it this called is, then? Uh, this is when uh, what was it called? It was was it, was it the Warehouse? Before man, I think it was it was
1: Government and Warehouse. Anyway, yeah,
0: but I like Busta. I remember that show because everything he had was tailor-made, first of all. It was just his own, there was nothing (laughs) like it. But this man stripped down, like, he took off his shirt. He was just, and he jumped on top of the speaker, and just the movement, like, he was the illest performer I had ever seen. Like, KRS-One, he's somebody that could always get an entire... Room, stadium, anything, jumping, rocking out. But seeing Buster Rhymes, nobody had the type of stage presence that Buster had. Nobody. I, and
1: I feel, I feel like you, you embody that right now, the way that you perform. And but you
0: see, I'll tell you, for me, I came up on, on the KRS's, the, the Buster Rhymes, and also a lot of the, to tell you the honest truth, like we laugh, like the ranks and those guys, those guys have crazy stage shows. Like those guys come out jumping flipping you understand what i'm saying because in jamaica you will get <laughs> bottles thrown at you you understand what i'm if saying if you're not a high if performer you, if you're not crazy so that's where you know what i mean that's where all that stuff came from but yeah man like anyways that whole string of events just led to a lot of things happening for me internationally and it was because of again that traveling international uh that led back to the the situation with acar
1: so okay so you're you're a kid from toronto and you um you know you 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 got sort of get put on the map with pharrell's camp and pharrell i believe changed the sound of hip-hop for a time he had a he had like a good three-year window timberland had a three-year window where the music was sounding like what they in their studios like they were pumping out the the bulk of what was massly consumed Mm -hmm. in in hip-hop music
0: but but here just just to give credit to them what's ill about those two especially that you named is that it might have been maybe a three to five year window where they ran everything. But you have to understand, they also did that because they had been through with murdering R&B and pop. Because remember, when well, Timberland Tim- Timberland for sure. Yeah.
1: With, with Missy Sound and, and Genuine, Aaliyah. Ginuwine, Aaliyah, Gen- yeah, yeah.
0: and even those other ones that you don't know about. But Pharrell, the same thing. Like The thing that really made people aware of who Pharrell was was the stuff that he did the chances that he took with britney spears right. and with nsync and right. stuff like that i think you he did the mean?
1: girlfriend song and britney spears i think he did slave for you It just he has a signature the the drum pattern and the drum sound is like a signature uh sound okay yeah. so i want to get to this okay mm-hmm. so you're a kid from toronto and yes. you open uh as i mentioned in the beginning i'm here with uh cardinal official <laughs> studio and uh you know uh maestro was like the first guy that got like a a little bit of a taste like he you know he got a little bit of a taste in New York, and then what he right. what he did, you opened that door, and you were all over the place and now and now Drake is a like a phenomenon, oh I say sorry, Justin Bieber is a phenomenon, and Drake is a big, big star and and right. Justin Bieber's from Stratford, Ontario, which is not too far from Toronto, Ontario, for those listeners are on the west coast or from the united states right and uh drake is from the city so so being that uh drake you and drake are in the same hip-hop genre what is your i know you must get this a lot so i'm not i don't want to ask you about why you guys haven't ask worked me to worked together okay so, we did. so so what what is your
0: 2006 what, comeback season which is which is his like first mixtape
1: yeah that's his that's his uh sort of defining uh mixtape
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So what is okay? So what is your relationship like now? I mean, it's 2013. You mentioned something from 2006.
0: I, it's crazy. I haven't. I haven't seen him since. When's the last? I only see that guy like once or twice a year because he's all over the damn place. I mean, we cool. You know what I'm saying? The last thing that we really did together was a um, a charity dinner that we um, that we did for um, a mutual friend of mine, his and ex's that actually ended up passing. But that was probably like the last. The last thing that we that we did together like you know what I'm saying we cool but like he's he's out there doing his thing
1: so you so okay you mentioned jokingly that like whenever you see other artists or producers like yeah we got to work together we got to work together and mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of that kind of chatter uh, just just based on what you said a lot of that kind of chatter in the, the music biz so have you guys said that to each other and how come you guys haven't re-collaborated on something still
0: yet uh i don't know to tell you the honest truth it's a it's a it's a good question next time you see him next time you see him, ask him like it's one of those. Hey, within within toronto just like how i am as long as you're dope because people equate me like when i make these statements they're like well i'm from toronto so we should do a song if you're from toronto and you're talented and dope i'm gonna know about you and we're going to work you know what i'm saying like there are very few people um if any, that have come from here that have been successful to a degree that I haven't worked with at some point in time. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to remember, like, and this is not, like, it's, and for me, it's a love thing because, to me, if Toronto was actually really and truly to come together, you understand what I'm saying? Like, the movement would be so much, much more powerful because the thing is, it's like, I, I've i seen it from, um, you know, from my own eyes, and then I've seen it transferred to, you know, to the Canons, to the Melanie Fionas, to the Drakes of this world. Unfortunately, people always think they're like, you know, Cardinali's from Toronto, Drake's from Toronto, so that somehow means that I'm going to be successful. It has nothing to do with it. Drake's work ethic is crazy, and he, you know what I'm saying, he linked up with Young Money, who helped nurture him, you know what I'm saying, and take him from a underground MC. To a, a, a superstar you understand what i'm saying there's so many different elements to it you know what i mean that makes somebody amazing because we are from toronto doesn't mean you're dope because you're from toronto mm-hmm. it just means that maybe there's more eyes on you so if you get those eyes on you i hope that your craft is as dope as you think it is but in terms of me and uh me and drake working together like i think um it has to happen one day you know what i mean like i remember he invited me was it the first either the first or the second OVO fest that he had, he invited me to be one of the special guests and I came out and um, you know what I mean? Rocked out, did all time killing or whatever. And I remember like the love from the city, like I remember that night and the next couple of weeks, people were like, yo, do you know what that felt like to see you two on stage? That's that's You know pretty what I'm saying? Amazing, yeah. It's crazy. So it's like, yo, like Drake the the songs that he makes are are absolutely insane you know what i'm saying like you can't have you can't help but have them stuck in your brain like he has a certain talent like he has you know what i mean his strong suits i have my strong suits um you know what i mean the weekend has his strong right. suits everybody you know what i mean like yeah. every like the airplane boys like there's so many dope people that we have from this city like if we were ever to make it a little bit more than the superficial thing that it is it would be it would be it would be because <laughs> you have to understand i travel to places like in atlanta everybody works together everybody has done not just one song but many songs with each other they go in studio they rock out there's cities where that happens you know what i mean but there's there's you know why do you think
1: that is about T.O. i know i know we have sort of like the inferiority complex to new york because new york is like the big brother and
0: Maybe there are a lot of
1: haters there, but why? Why do you think that is? That until we haven't had as much unity in the music
0: community. We we are we are in a weird. We are in a we've and we've been this way for many moons. We've always been in a weird place. If you look back at what's happened within the city historically, we've never made room for more than one person at a time. Right. Historically, like when chaos was super huge. Yeah. It was just chaos. Right. When Socrates, who came before me. Was super huge doing work with Premier and Redman and Exhibit and blah, blah, blah. It was just socks. When Shaw Clear, remember, Let's Ride. And yes, when he course. was rock, rocking out, it was just Shaw Clear. You know what I mean? And it it always goes that way. Like we oh, I don't know if it's a mental thing or if our industry just hasn't figured out how to accommodate more than one superstar at a time. But I think like we we always just have that in our brain, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Cabby's the man for the day. Nobody else can do anything. <laughs> just Cabby right now. you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. There, there's li- there's little there's little things that we got to that we got to get over, but I think what's what's dope is um is a lot more, you know what I mean? A lot more we we are definitely um uh are coming together. And I mean, the thing, you know what I'm saying? Like the thing about I'm a I'm a godly type of person, you know what I mean? So it's like you know, when when, and if God says, yo, you and Drake need to come together and do some type of crazy anthem, you know what I mean, that will define this time and define our city forever, then it'll, you know what I'm saying, it'll happen. And if it don't happen, then, you know what I'm saying, we'll be cool either way. Like, that's the, that's the thing about music. To me, music is an organic thing, so it can't be forced. And on top of that, music means too much to my life to just have it be some some random tweet or thought or Instagram picture that people want to see come to life. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't rock out with with anybody, no matter how big you are or how small you are. Like, it has to be a thing to where mutually, both parties, like, we want to get together in studio and 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 make a real real moment happen you know what i'm saying make something special and i think that's what music music should be a lot more you know what i'm saying like we should have a lot more of those moments so that when you listen to the song you're like yo this is crazy and it, and it's funny like you're the first person i'm talking to about this but the other day i had to go back and revamp and throw away a bunch of stuff because um
1: what do you mean stuff like music or like actual music, c-
0: music ways that i was thinking Um, Like
1: stuff that you'd recorded.
0: Yeah, this uh, an amazing uh, singer songwriter from here, Aya. We had a, a writing session at my studio, and I was just playing her a gang of music. Um, that to tell you the honest truth, I was playing her music that I thought she would like, instead of playing like some maybe some other hard or whatever whatever. But I just started playing her a bunch of music, and she's like, "Yo, this is like this stuff, like this part of the music that you play me, like this stuff here." the world needs to hear and I'm like to me I was like the way music is right now and we, we're talking a lot about hip-hop hip-hop has really lowered its standards to me and it's re- it's like it's not inspiring when I listen to when I listen to hip-hop there's there's very rarely a song that feels like it changed my life
1: so okay so like what okay so so you're 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 so when you say it lowered its standards are you talking about the quality of the of the production or the quality of what the artist is putting like saying
0: to the world. There's not much. There's not a there's not a whole lot of depth.
1: Like like all gold everything like Trinidad James.
0: I mean Trinidad's my guy. Like he's a whole other story. Like there's listen But he's not really saying much. But listen, there's always places for everything within hip hop. Agree. I'm just talking about if you were to generalize it, put it this way. All right. We're here with somebody who hates hip hop. And we're like, yo, hip-hop is so dope. And they're like, yo, hip-hop is garbage. If we listen to radio for the next hour, you tell me what message you get from it. So if we were to turn on the radio and we were to uh, make notes of every hip-hop song that we've heard that plays on the radio in the next hour, what are you going to hear? Nothing. (laughs) Garbage. We're not talking about anything. And what's ill, there was another podcast that I listened to where Ebro, who was the PD for Hot 97, I don't know if he took a pill that day and somebody was like you can only speak the truth but it was one of the the illest podcasts I ever heard because he broke it down and he just told the truth and he was like yo I'll tell you honestly the music that we play has to be about sex money drugs or other things that chicks like there he's like yo we have to stray away from politics stray away from anything too heavy we don't play that And he's like, yo, on our station, that's why, you know, you'll hear a Rick Ross, Young Money, blah, blah, blah. And, you know what I mean? And he's like, yo, we put that in rotation because that's what the people want to hear right now. That's what we have to feed them. Sex, money, Mm. partying, and other lighthearted stuff. So... With that being said, you know, people can argue it all they want. Yeah, there's the tall lips, there's the most depths, whatever. You have to seek those out. Those are some of my favorites also, but you have to seek those people out. And sometimes it's so difficult. I'm talking about you turn on regular radio, satellite radio, TV, you know what I'm saying? All the main outlets right now that are playing hip-hop, if we were to do anything randomly for an hour, it, we wouldn't be talking about anything. We'd be talking about our clothes the car the color so of wait, the so wait so are
1: you saying that the material you threw out was that stuff is that nah, what you're saying I was,
0: i'm not i'm never that type of person but she challenged me to do an album as if this is my last offering this is the last thing that you have to offer to the people and as artists we're always like it's cool like you know what i mean like i can throw in three of those now three on another album but she's like yo i challenge you to do that and the funny thing is it's like It's it's hard because the thing is, it's like uh, there's so many different parts to me. Understand what I'm saying? Like there's parts I party, um, but I'm also a spiritual person. I'm a family person. But at the same time, I like to wild out. I'm a traveler. Like there's so many different parts to me. So I feel it's 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 uh, it's not fair. You know, what I'm saying to be able to just talk about one side of my life because then people might see me at a strip club somewhere and be like dude I was just listening to the song change the world what what are you doing here and why is your hand there <laughs> you know what I'm saying so it's a it's a t- you know I saying it's a difficult process but it's a re- it's a real thing because the other thing is it's like with this whole philanthropy and 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 wanting to be more charitable with my life it's 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 tough also because the thing is it's like that's a real part of my life like for some people it's just tax write-offs but i'm very much rooted within the community you understand what i'm saying like when dangerous came out like when i started seeing huge checks i was still living in the hood you understand what i'm saying like it wasn't until a little bit after that you know what i'm saying that i moved out into you know what i'm saying like my first house in the suburbs and all that i was still within the community you know what i'm saying my mom who is one of the biggest influences on my life to this day. Like when, when kids get shot in the city, she's the one that's at the media rallying for the government to actually do something for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Like she's still, um, you know what I'm saying, heavily a part of um, the Alexander Park Community Center that's in the projects. That's right. the, you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course, so it's yeah. like when these things are a part of your regular life and who you are, I can't just look at it like some people are like, man, damn, son. That sucks. You'll pass that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, for me, this is a real part. You know what I'm saying? It's a real part of who I am. So it's like, it's tough, but musically, I think it's super important. And I think, like, one of the most important records that I made, it took two years to write. Which was what? It's a song um, that's going to be on the new album. It's it's called Hope. And the song was produced by Stefan Machiau. And if you know anything about Stefan, you're like, who is that? Stefan is one of our Canadian treasures. Like he, uh, he's responsible for Celine Dion's biggest hit to this to this day. Um, the last one that she had that was you know like on Billboard for 68 like weeks. Like the like the the, the Titanic don't, song. Don't, don't, don't ask me. Okay. What <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm the Titanic song. Not, song's I'm not a gonna pretend big one. to like Celine that much. Not Celine. Celine. <laughs> Celine. But Stefan is a genius. Like he scored the entire Winter Olympics stuff of that nature. You okay. understand? He's re- He, after one of the Celine Dion um, sessions, I think he had like a 60 or 80-piece orchestra, like it was the Toronto Symphonic Orchestra. This guy had time on his hand. He's like, well, finish the Celine stuff. Why don't I just score this song and have the the orchestra play it out? And then I'm going to incorporate hip-hop aspects into it and make it into this gigantic, unbelievable song. Then me and him become cool he's like how though how do you meet selene
1: dion's producer it seems like you guys are met opposite him. ends of the world of uh, the...
0: met him at a canon when we all did the waving Oh, uh,
1: okay okay cool yep. okay met got him, it.
0: met him there he's like yo and again i'm a fan we should work sure <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm whatever but he brought me down to his studio that he has in toronto i mean he moved to la now but he just moved there like within the last six months but Dude, it, it is one of the most magical songs. I'll, I'll play a brief piece for you um, after when we're finished with this. But it is it is so insane. And it's like songs like that. Every song can't be like that. But, I mean, for me, it just really changed the way that I'm looking at, at music and the way, you know what I mean, and what I want to put out. Because I was kind of looking at music a whole, you know, somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like I was...
1: So wait, after this experience, that's when so it's that experience and with this artist I, Aya, was it? Aya, name? yep. Aya. So this is like now you're like so you have that and you have that together you're like now you're sort of you're are you did you then sort of, is this when you started to think about music differently because of those two?
0: You know, it's not that I hadn't thought about it like that before, it's just that I wasn't brave enough to do it. Ah. And a lot of us and that's and that's and that's the thing is a lot of us aren't brave enough. A lot of us we are that smart you know what I mean we are that intelligent we do know better we just don't and that I think for me meeting a lot of artists that's what pisses me off the most about artists that you meet is like you're like dude yo you're so like you're so intelligent like you, you you'll you have these talks with people give me people. an example ah, I, can't, I can't give me an it. example nah.
1: But we're, to, we're to, you're speaking in like we're speaking kind of broad strokes. Give it's, me it's, a specific. I,
0: I can't. But you're I gotta saying, speak politically, but, but okay. But like, Cardi, right, you're bus, saying okay, one al- person... Okay, mm. bus, okay. Did you say bust It rhymes? No, 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 no. I uh, was gonna say bust it like this. Okay. Um, it's like there's there's artists that you know some of them, and it's not about your schooling or what have you, you. Understand what I'm saying? It's not about going to school and whatever, whatever. But there's some artists that you meet that you know have a master's degree. But then you hear their music and you're like, dude, it sounds like you've never been outside of your block ever in your entire life. And it sounds like you have like a a, a eight ball of crack in your pocket <laughs> right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and there's so many of them that are like that. Or there's there's people you, you know, you talk to them and, you know, in one breath, you know, they, they go to Africa and they're saving the world and stuff like that. But then you hear their music and you're like, the two don't really go together. You understand what I'm saying? And it's just like. A lot of people are they're afraid, but I can't I can't pretend like I wasn't afraid to do it. Also, not all the time, because throughout my albums, there's always there's within every album I do. There's songs that I do that have to encourage people because I meet too many people that are like, dude, that song that you did called Do Me A Favor with Estelle. That changed my life. I was going through somebody died and I just needed God to do me a favor that day. Like that song was amazing or somebody else who's like, you know, and I'm just going picking random songs, you know, oh the song with Bedouin Soundclash, last standing soldier, like yes, that's how know. I feel. Like I'm like I'm the last standing soldier. Like keep rocking. You know what I mean? Keep do like there's all these different songs throughout my career that I do. Um there's a song that I had on the first album, Quest by Fire uh Quest for Fire a song called Man by Choice where I discuss the N word. And to this day, like people have uh have written, um, like professors have told me they've used that within, um, you know, within their classes at university and all kind, you know what I'm saying? Like all kind of different things. Like throughout my career, I feel it's important, but I think for me more, more so it's important to do it a little bit more just because we're lacking. So instead of complaining about what I think somebody else should do, you know, you, you, you want to be that example, you know what I'm saying? Like just lead by example, do what you would like other people to do. And some people may look at that and be like, dude, that song you did, that changed the way I lo- yo. I didn't think like anybody would be brave enough to do it, but yo, that's ill, and that inspired me to do this song. You know what I'm saying? Just like Canaan doing waving flags inspired me to do one of my favorite songs um, called "One Dream Away." You know what I'm saying? That is it's it's to me like you hear, and it's like stadium music. But I remember being a part of that whole you know waving flags process, and just seeing the effect that it had, and the amount of money that it raised for Haiti, and the awareness, and all those people coming together, like, seeing people.
1: Were you wearing your sunglasses in that video? Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was probably wearing my gold chain, too. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but nah, man, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. It's all about being brave. And it's, like, it's interesting because I was watching the Beyonce documentary. Now, mind you, um, I find it very odd that she spends that much time talking to herself in her laptop. Right. It's very a lot weird. Of, and
1: we only, that thing was like a, a 90 minutes and there's like probably hundreds of hours of her just talking of, to her.
0: Of her talking to herself. Very close up too. Like, it's the cabbie, like, <laughs> re, like right like right here. Like, she's talking to herself. It's 3.30 in the morning. Like, yeah, I don't know. And I, 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 it's, I'm it's I'm be now It's normal behavior now because it's the most watched HBO documentary ever. In, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? So it makes sense now. But, you know, if I was to do it, People would be like, yo, he's a weirdo. He's always talking to himself. But anyway, the point is I'm watching this thing and she was talking about uh, kind of the same kind of topics. You know what I'm saying? Like how in this album, you know, she she wants to be able to really be vulnerable, uh, put the passion into the music. Talk about, you know, if this is how I feel today, like, yo. I want to kill that person or, you know what I'm saying? Like all the different things because she's like, you know, she was kind of talking about similar situations where music right now is just real different. You know, people put out a couple of singles and tore off it, and that's it. People don't do real albums anymore. And it's interesting watching Beyonce talk because obviously not even a tenth of her level, but I can relate to certain things that she's talking about, especially, you know, even with this whole social media thing that we're in now because when I started rocking, Nobody knew what I did personally. I didn't know what Kanye did yesterday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, at the time that I, was, that I was rocking, like, nobody knew what each other was doing. And I think, to me, that's what kind of made people remain stars. And it's funny, like, the more followers people have on Twitter, the less they say. You know what I'm saying? For a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always, it's so hilarious to me whenever Jay-Z tweets. Like, yo, Jay-Z tweeted today. I'm like, <laughs> so? You know what I mean? Because he tweets, like, three times a year or something. Yeah, he's like,
1: one of his tweets was, uh, Obama party, guest list plus 40. And that was it. I was like, whoa! <laughs> like, but, who, can, who gets to tweet that? Like, only a couple, like, only the other kings of Earth.
0: Right. But you know what I'm saying? Because think about it like this. I think about Tupac. Do you think Tupac would have been tweeting or you know what I'm saying or I or, think or, so or Biggie I don't I don't think Biggie would have been I don't hmm. think Biggie would have I think Tupac would have yeah he would have been talking mad shit on Twitter. yeah he like, would have been talking mad shit. yeah Biggie, uh, mad
1: shit Biggie that's Twitter. an interesting one Biggie I don't know yeah
0: yeah he would have been he would have been talking mad shit but you know what I'm saying so it's like walking watching that documentary and, and you know because her career started you know big time like in the 90s or whatever and you know, same era as you. She sees what it is now. Yeah, but it was different when I when I started. I mean, like, sure, it was R&B and
1: yours is hip hop, but
0: uh, listen, dude, mine was like traveling to New York with friggin', you know, what I'm saying backpacks full of 12-inch records. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean, <laughs> having to go to this to the station and and hand deliver your record. You understand? I say like it, it's a whole it's a whole other ball game. But I wouldn't trade that for anything in life because a lot of the relationships that I have now are based on me having actual real life interaction with people in the business so it's not just a name that appears on a screen or an email or two you understand or some yeah. text it's actual like dude do you remember the time that we got locked out of such and such and we had to <laughs> you know what i mean they're like act like pe- no but people that i know now that are like huge huge phenomenons like i know these people before anything you know what i mean like before they started like when they were on the come up and it's so dope you know what I'm saying? To see, like, here's an example: DJ Irie. Irie is huge. Like the Miami
1: Heat DJ. Yeah, yes. like he he does uh they're in in arena, uh, part of the entertainment.
0: Yeah, but what's dope about Irie that like he does amazing things. You know what I'm saying? Like just huge things, and you know anytime a a LeBron or a Jay Z or a, somebody is doing, you know what I mean? Like he does huge things. But I remember Irie. You know what I'm saying? Like when we used to go to Mix Show Power Summit back in the day. They don't even have mixer or power summit that used to be this conference where anybody from the entire hip-hop industry we all used to convene for like a week somewhere so it'd be like puerto rico or you know what i'm saying wherever that's how i got to meet 50 and that's why when 50 came here and the tours that he went on you know what i'm saying like when he was huge that's why um loose talk that's why he had me open and tour with him because of you know what i'm saying because of actually kicking it because he was a fan of old time killing the dances that I was doing there, like when I first met him, now. <laughs> Dude, now yeah. imagine, this is 50. Everybody's talking about, oh, he was shot nine times, he's gangster, he's this, he's that. He comes up to me, he's surrounded by like 50 people, mad security guards, rolling with all these people. This guy comes up to me, give me dabs. He's like, yo, fam, that dance you're doing in that video, you got to teach me how to do that, son. He starts dancing. I'm like, is this, is this the guy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the funny thing was that entire weekend, every time I saw him, that's all he would do is shake his hand, do the little dance. My man, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, the same thing. We got to work, right? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, again, it's the actual personal interaction that led to, you know what I mean? Him always drawing for me to go on tour. Or, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So, I think those days compared to now, like, you know, now it's it's a lot easier because, there's mind you, there's a lot, uh, a lot more people that you can just get a hold of like this. You know what I'm saying? I remember... Yeah, people
1: are more accessible, certainly via social media. Yeah,
0: and that's a good thing and a bad thing because mm. sometimes people, because they, they see you so much, they think you know me. They think they, they think they know you, sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you get it a lot of times. People that are like, "Cabby, my man. Like, they treat you like you're their best friend. You're like, dude, you don't understand. This is weird to me. You're <laughs> an odd guy with a huge bin Laden beard. I've <laughs> never met you before. I don't know you. Please state your name. Like, people say to me all the time, Come, let's take a picture. I'm like, ah, my mom told me don't take a picture with strangers. What is your name? All right, cool. Let's do this snap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Th- it's, it's just a it's, a it's a different time. But, you know, in the same way, like, the only way to be able to still be relevant is to learn how to adjust with the times. Certain artists don't know what to do because they're stuck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they're so trying to fit into what's. So, wait, are
1: you going to do one of those friggin' like, Diplo, David Ghetto records?
0: I mean, the funny thing is... The, like, Car- the Carl Wolf one is kind of in that, but here's in the, that but world. Here, but here's the thing. Remember what I was talking about, living internationally and stuff? Before oh, yeah. that stuff was cool, you understand? Like, before this was what people were aspiring to try and do, I was doing that for years. You know what I mean? Anybody on the international scale knows I've been rocking out doing those things when that was the underground. You understand what I'm saying? Now that, you know, it's what people do, people are like, oh, you know, you do a four on the floor, you know, Usher does it neo does chris it brown, chris brown neo, and yeah, rihanna does yeah. it but like these are things like you know traveling the world it's funny because i remember um the last album touring and you know to me like i'm like yo welcome you guys are playing little Wayne on the radio we just sold a million in the first week they're like i don't understand it Like it's too slow for us here like we can't <laughs> dance to it i'm like are you kidding me so it's like your go places and a lot of your favorite songs, you don't hear it internationally because it just doesn't work. So it's like traveling the world. um, that's why, for me, dangerous cut through a lot of things is because the tempo of it almost matched what they were doing right. internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you'd go places like the South of France where you're not going to hear any hardcore hip hop, you know what I mean? Like, and you'd hear, Dangerous, dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. right? And everybody dun, dun, would rock dun, dun, out.
0: And it's funny because one of the it's it. Uh, <laughs> the other day I was in studio and um Jimmy Iovine said to one of my guys, one of "Wait the other, a
1: second, you're in the studio, with Jimmy Iovine?" No,
0: Jimmy Iovine was the one that you know what I mean that signed me to the the the, the deal with Akon though. So I have been with Jimmy. Jimmy's a very interesting character. But my guy was in studio he's with like him. He's like the most
1: powerful man in music. Yeah, but Wh- the funny
0: But the funny thing, he's like five feet tall. I'll tell you honestly how it's a cool story. You'll love it. So they're like, yo, we you know, we went into the building, they're trying to give you the sales pitch, and they're like, Yo, Jimmy wants to see you in his office. Everybody's like, Oh my god. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, because I don't you know, I don't care about that kind of stuff. This guy comes into the office talking. So I'm thinking, okay, he's on a phone, Bluetooth, something, you know what I mean? (laughs) Nothing. He's in conversation. I'm looking around. I'm like, is there somebody behind him? No. He sits down beside me, and so I'm just kind of listening to this. He's talking to me, but he started the conversation from outside of the room (laughs) And he's going in because Cardinal, what hip-hop is, hip-hop is like right now what it is, it's like the 80s with uh, heavy metal music. You know what I mean? Like in the 80s, everybody, they had frizzed hair. They, you know what I mean? Everybody was sex, dro- drugs, and rock and roll. And this is what they did in the 80s. You know what I mean? There were lipstick bands and there were this and that. That's what hip-hop is now. Why I like you is because we got to do this. We got to do this. So are we doing this f- deal or what? And I was like, <laughs> sure. He's like, all right, cool. Left the room. And I was like, well, all right. Like Jimmy. You know, Jimmy is, uh, you know what I'm saying, no matter if you love him or hate him, that man is definitely a weird genius. (laughs) He's a weird, he's a weird Um, man, He's he's
1: responsible for some of the heavyweights. Dre M50. Yeah, black eyed peas. Yeah, black eyed peas. They're they're a Um, phenomenon.
0: Jeez, you know, the pussy, cat dolls.
1: Okay, so listen, wait. So you spent a good part of that sort of, you're, 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 you're kind of uh, romanticizing about the, the process of recording and mm. then the face-to-face interactions. Now, yes. Dave Grohl, who was the drummer for the legendary band Nirvana, Dave Grohl, as far as music goes, there may not be a person with a higher sort of Q rating. Like everybody loves Dave Grohl. He's funny. He's he's endearing. He's self-deprecating. Right. Like Questlove is probably another dude who's like your right. your 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 favorite musician's favorite mu- musician. Right. So Dave Grohl just put together a uh, a documentary called uh, it's called Sound City, where this um uh, a bunch of famous um rock albums were made like nirvana's "Nevermind," mind fleetwood, fleetwood max fleetwood mac the rage against the machines first uh Sick. album crazy and uh i want to know is is there okay so this is this one studio in los angeles does the does or did the same thing exist in hip-hop was there a suit a studio where some of these iconic albums were made i i I remember reading that Just Blaze had to close down Baseline Studios,
0: baseline, where yep. he
1: made uh, 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 Cameron's Come Home with Me, and he made Jay Z's Blueprint, the first Blueprint album, which was
0: mm-hmm.
1: in his top three or on the Mount Rushmore of Jay Z albums is the Blueprint. Right. Um, so for and I know you've recorded all over the U.S. and I'm sure you've recorded all over the world, but in hip hop, obviously the birthplace is is in is in America. Um, but is what did one of these studios exist?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, <coughs> pardon me, there's a lot of them, but uh, I was blessed to be able to rock at a time when, I mean, now I hate to characterize it as underground, but like that raw sound that used to be the mainstream of hip hop, like when Primo and...
1: So DJ Premier, for, for those who don't know.
0: Yeah, like D&D Studios oh, was right. that studio. And I remember... When Socrates got his first deal with Warner Brothers, we flew to go work with DJ Premier at D and D Studios. So DJ
1: Premier had done uh, some Biggie records, some notorious B I G records. He did uh, "Kickin' the Door," uh, he did "The What," and then on nazis "Illmatic," he had a record. Uh, obviously, a, a gang star with uh, with Guru. Um, J,
0: he did Jay Z. He did.
1: A bunch, I mean, he's he's, he's an, uh, the, one of the iconic producers of hip-hop music. So yeah. anyway, you're at D&D Studios with Socrates.
0: Yeah, and it's like, it was so grimy. Like, you, you pull well, up... So what year is this?
1: is like 96, 97, something 98?
0: Something like that. Yeah, like, you know, I'm just... Listen, I'm just tagging along at these times. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, school's out, summer break, or what have you. So I'm I'm just rolling, because Sox got his deal. I'm still dead-ass broke. Poor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we're rolling, and it's like, you, 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 you come up in the... I believe it was the elevator, and it's like you just see this this red light shining through. Like you know, they have the like a sub, you know, like the submarine door, like where it's just the, yes, the little yeah, circle. Yeah, and it's like you go in there, and it's mad, like dingy and grimy, and you know what I'm saying. And it's just it's one of those ones where it's like the place looked like what the music sounded like. You understood why those songs came out of that, mm-hmm. came out of that studio, and it's like to be able to say that I went to D and D Studios while it was rocking. like to me that was an amazing experience you know I'm saying like D&D it was raw because I mean and and, in that
1: and that's in New York right yeah
0: yeah yeah and at that time like you have to understand like hip-hop was only like first and foremost it was about the lyrics so it's like going in there you're like
1: oh my god I'm writing a verse in D&D studios
0: like yo I have to write the illest craziest thing because it's like you have to understand like you know Nas probably did Illmatic there and you know all these other artists, you know Biggie and all these different people came through and blessed the microphone at some point in time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you know being around in those in those times, even just getting a glimpse into what that was like. Like those things are it's 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 almost non-existent now, just because like literally like you know we could just go onto your computer now and we could do a whole album in this room. You know what I'm saying? The studio it it, it Definitely, um, it's not as special as it used to be. There's one studio that's still like that now. Um, and it's funny because when Shaw Clear in '99, he was on DJ Hurricane's album, we went to this studio in Atlanta called Tree Sound. And it was the coolest because, dude, it had rock climbing, it had an indoor half court. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was sick. And I remember being like, yo, this is, I never want to leave here. This is actually where I record. Probably about 40 or 50 percent of my music and the funny thing was the other day um, when I was there Drake was recording also so I remember um, T.I. had his release party there and you know I ended up linking up like you know chopping it up for a while with uh, with 40 and you know what I'm saying like oh, a nice. lot of people go there because it's in Atlanta. 40
1: is uh, is Drake's producer right Noah
0: um, but Tree Sound is it's out of the cut you know what I'm saying so it's like when you go there you're only going there to make music and what's dope is it's totally powered by by uh, solar-powered. Oh, it's cool. a, like a green studio. Oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? And it's like just the but whole— it, And
1: it, is it also green as well once you get into the nah, studio? No, no,
0: no, 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 nah. But it's it's super dope. Like there's like a tree inside, but the vibe there is dope because everybody there is family and some close friends of mine actually run it. So it's like the who's who of anybody from the J. Coles to 2 Chains, T.I., Drake— anybody, you know what I'm saying, uh myself, everybody works there just because the vibe is so dope. You know what I mean? And if you go to 3littledigs.com, that was actually birthed out of Tree Sound. You know what I'm saying? It was a movement that um that started by a good friend of mine by the name of uh Groove Chambers who who works out of Tree Sound. Tree Sound is probably the for me the only studio that still has that super dope uh vibe. And like when people are actually in there and they're together, they actually do rock out you know what i'm saying on an organic level rather than just some bull oh this guy's popping right now let's do a song together
1: i'm in studio with cardinal official <laughs> um, and uh the stories have been awesome the, i don't know if you saw this documentary i'll i'll, uh, I'll get you out of here on this mm-hmm. uh the documentary is called it might get loud and it was there were three generations of guitarists there was there was jack white who have <laughs> the white stripes yep. there was the edge of u2 and there Sick. was jimmy page of led zeppelin and for an hour and a half they were they were discussing you know the way they make music and and towards the end i sort of i guess the climax of the of the movie is they're teaching each other how like some of their own music yeah Yeah, and it was it was and i'm not that big of a rock and roll guy but i found this fascinating right now if a producer was able to put three generations of hip-hop producers in Uh, a documentary or in a in a, in a room together to speak about the artistry, the, the artists, the, the sounds, the changing of the sounds, uh, who would those, those, those um, uh, producers be? So, so like, like, I guess like a producer from the 80s, sort of the birth of hip-hop, then the 90s when the sound changed, and then the, the millennials when, again, the sound changed and it was at its most commercial, which was in the 2000s. So who's your, who's your guy from the 80s? So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you three names. Okay, there's.
0: Okay, you uh, we'll, we'll do we'll we'll uh we'll do stuff that's easy for your listeners to digest because no, we, but, can go, but, we can okay. go deep but you give me three names. You okay, three I'll names. go. Okay, so from the '80s,
1: so Rick Rubin, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre,
0: yep,
1: and Russell Simmons. Russell and Rick are, are pretty associated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll go. Th- those are from the '80s. So who's who's your guy there? Sorry, sorry. From that list and then or you can give me your own guy but and then Okay, if, from if, that
0: from that list? Yeah. Uh I would go with Rick Rubin. Okay.
1: So who's who's the guy that you were going to say?
0: Marley Marl. Marley Morrow. Marle. Yeah. Marley Marl. People that's like <laughs> and, and, and Boogie Down this, Productions
1: Marley Marl. No, no, this
0: is Boogie Down Productions was trying to kill Marley Marl's career, Marley Marl. Marley Marl was uh Marquis. Ah. They had a they had a crew called the Juice Crew All Stars. So that's Roxanne Shante, Biz Marquis, Cool G Rap, Big Daddy Kane, like Marley Marl. Ah, okay. He was the one he was the one responsible for all of the crazy like when people talk about like real old school, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, the late eighties hip hop, Marley Marl literally like a lot of the break beats that you hear, he created. You understand what I'm saying? Like Marley Marl, um, and it's funny. I tweeted it the other day. There's there's some people that we have no idea, like. A lot of people have no idea just because it's funny. We have access to the most information right now, and we're the dumbest ever. You're right. You're <laughs> absolutely dumbest. right. But I'm pretty sure
1: I was smarter at 16 than I am now.
0: Absolutely. But Marley Marl, <laughs> yes. Uh, somebody by the name of Herbie Lovebug, Herbie. Azor Lovebug. Now, he was the one responsible for Kid and Play, Salt uh, okay. and Pepper. Uh, okay, you know what I'm saying a lot of those like so we're kind
1: of party rap, party party hip hop at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, we
1: okay, didn't but, well, you know can this, only but pick one of these guys. No, but from but the listen, 80s. but
0: I'm just gonna give you this is just this is just bonus. This okay. is bonus, ding 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 ding, <laughs> bonus material. And uh, Teddy Riley, I didn't know that oh. Teddy Riley, he produced the show for Dougie Dougie fresh and slick rick oh, I didn't yeah. know that either
1: so teddy riley from virginia also was the driving force behind uh the new jack swing sound exactly. and rexon effects rump shaker which yes, then sir. which then um just blazed and flipped into uh the the, the song for Z didn't um uh, uh what was it um was it that wasn't show me what you got
0: Oh yeah, he, yeah, he I know flipped what you're into about. something for Jay. Anyway, yeah, 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 so
1: yeah, yeah, okay, so Teddy Riley, nice. Yeah. Okay, but I
0: can only pick one.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: out of all those people that we mentioned,
1: yeah. So Herbie Lovebug, Marley Marl, Rick Rubin, and Teddy Riley. I uh, mean,
0: you're a guy—he sounds like Marley Marl. Marley Marl.
1: Marley Marl. Okay. Yeah. So, and then from the '90s, here's my silly list again: Doctor Dre, mm-hmm. DJ Premier, Right, Q-Tip, mm-hmm. The RZA. Yes. And Pete Rock.
0: Ooh, I just got, I, I literally, and I'm not name dropping, I literally just got off the phone with Pete Rock. What do you mean? Like an hour ago. No, because I'm, side note, I'm shooting my first documentary. And oh, about what? Dude, a,
1: why don't we get to this earlier? We're talking about Beyonce's documentary and this documentary.
0: It's one of the, you know, it's, you know, it's its a, certain things are so close to me I don't like really, okay, fine, you know okay. what I'm saying?
1: When the time is right, please let but me know
0: about it. But Pete Rock, Pete Rock is, is, a, is a good friend of mine. I'm going to talk to him about, um, about the documentary stuff so you know we were just making sure that the time is here uh out of those people i would say it's a tie maybe between primo and rizza just because their production techniques were so friggin' uh what's the proper word the opposite of anything normal Right. Like you know what I mean? Like if you look Premier it, would always
1: cut up records. If and you then,
0: looked at the samples that Premier used, it's not he never looped it. Like the way that he constructed a beat is like I don't know what was going on in his brain. I and have, then and
1: then RZA would just he had his obviously his. His uh, uh, influences from kung fu movies and and and, and Asian a lot of Asian yeah. culture and then he would incorporate those sounds of swords and clicks. But and then he would have like metallic. the
0: just offbeat stuff, stuff that made no sense. And the first Wu Tang album was never mastered. Like mixing and mastering is what we do. Like you get an engineer to mix it so it sounds good, and then you go to mastering so sonically it sounds pretty. If you go back to that first Wu Tang album, it sounds like mud. Really? Yes. It, well, so, it
1: sounds as grimy as their sound.
0: Yeah, like it but that's sounds like they
1: they recorded it in some dungeon which had thirty six right, chambers.
0: But they did. But that's what I'm saying is like it it the sound of it like it's like nobody did anything. Like it went from their basement to the store. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a tie between those guys. And then you said the 2000s.
1: Yeah. So so on this list I have, uh, Pharrell Williams, who you worked with, Timberland, who you just worked with, and Kanye West. Those are the three I have for the 2000s. All responsible. Uh, well, all we, had well, their... I'll, I'll
0: tell you honestly, when we were in studio with Timberland, we were just vibing out. He was just playing us the new Justin stuff, the new Beyonce stuff, the new Jay-Z. Like He was just showing us where he's at, and he's going to be back big time in, in 2013. Crazy. But again, a tie between... No, but you can only have one guy. There's only
1: one guy represent it might get loud, There's only three. It was Jimmy Page, it was The Edge, and it was Jack White. So right um, now you have Marley Marl. You gotta pick between the Rizza or DJ Premier to represent the nineties hip hop. Premier, okay, Premier Premier Because he
0: worked with more people. Okay.
1: And then and then now for the for the Millennials.
0: Uh I think Timberland. And because I say Timberland because there was there's things that he did that had never been done before like Pharrell has a sound like he used certain there's like a Neptune's kit so you'll recognize a kick and a snare yes of course yeah but uh Timberland the way that he quantized certain things and I know I'm going above a lot of like the timing of his drums the way that he used sometimes like there's things that the average listener they're like this sounds amazing I have no idea why but Timberland's like you know what I'm not gonna put a hi-hat in that song And I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to use a click for a snare instead of a snare. Like, Timberland took risks that changed the way that people produce. You know what I'm saying? Like, even the other day, what's the song that he had, uh... The one with uh oh, uh, oh wow like he's the one I that That's,
1: I don't know when you hit this, those high notes he lost me
0: isn't it, it wasn't that the song with uh with him the Nicole Singer and Carrie Hilson you don't remember huge song dude like I don't know number one across the What's the... Yeah, no. I got my money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on, guy. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I got I got to look it up. I got to look it up. Okay.
1: So you're so he he changed. What were you going to say about that one?
0: I was going to say like, you know, uh for a lot of people using an I don't know how you pronounce it if it's a pregiator or whatever, but it's a certain uh it's a certain thing that you do with uh, with synth sounds when you're producing and stuff like he was the one that brought a lot of stuff to the forefront he took a lot of crazy risks and it worked you know what i'm saying like with everybody from uh, nelly furtado to uh
1: i think it's called scream
0: is absolutely not.
1: that's not the one no. timberland nicole scherzinger and carrie hilson
0: i mean that is the song but i was thinking oh i was thinking of a different song so All right. anyway <laughs> i think thinking of a different song i'm
1: you're not. No, you're not. Just you're. Just, but I, anyway, I didn't know it either. Okay. But anyways,
0: yes. my old whole, my whole point is, I I think um I would go with Timberland. So what's that? Timberland, premiere and, and Marley Marl. Wow, that's crazy.
1: That would be an uh, exceptional documentary.
0: Here's something, Timberland. Timberland, um, Teddy Riley. There's a Virginia, a Virginia, Pharrell, Pharrell, all from Virginia. Yeah. Like Virginia has. An incredible talent pool for producers. Bink is from is from there. You say who's Bink? Bink is responsible for <laughs> a lot of crazy hits for Jay Z too. Go back to one nine hundred hustler.
1: Oh really?
0: That's that was that. That's Bink. See
1: I see that I thought that was just Blaze, just because and, of the that Sonic and that that's boom. That's why
0: these those two have had a l- hate hate and a little uh, bit of love relationship because people. I thought it was. When I first met Bink, I remember I did a a, a, a mixtape called Kill Blood Clot Bill, and I rapped <laughs> over One Nine Hundred Hustler, and he's like, "Yo, son, you ki- yo, thanks for blessing my beat." I was like, "Who's beat?" He's like <laughs> my, I was like, oh, "You did that." Ah, yeah. And then when he started to do the research, you're like, "Oh, wow," you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of those kind of relationships within hip hop and within producers. But it's crazy the amount of uh you know, and my my guy Knots who's worked with everybody from yes. Biggie to Busta to yeah. Exhibit to me to to you name it. Like they're all from Virginia. Virginia's retarded for producers. But I'm good with those three with those three choices though.
1: That would um with your with your relationships and your weight, can you try to get those three people into a room please? Make that part of your documentary, Cardi. Wow. Just just have a little side thirty minutes, which has nothing to do with whatever your thing. You just have this little, and we're what does this door lead to? It Boom. Will be and so then be see these three and, dudes.
0: And here's how I wanna here's how I wanna end it because I know that when we were first thinking about this podcast, it was gonna be a certain way and about yeah, certain like sports things, and some basketball, but, but no, yeah. But this this is actually crazy, and what's so dope and. It's like for me, it's not like I'm one of those like hip hop nerds, you know what I mean that like, oh, I know this stuff and I know the producer of this and where they did this, and it's not because I'm like just super geeked out, but it's because this this hip hop thing it really started out as you know what I'm saying as a culture before it became a commodity oh, right like before you know a what business. I mean yeah, so it's like just being able to come up in a time and it's very it's very weird for me because it's like. Busta and them, like you have to understand. Busta came out in like '91. Yes. You know. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like my first record deal was like 2000 or 2001, and then there's there's you know let's say the the Drake era that we're in now. So I'm somewhere in the middle, loose talk. So it's just very interesting, like to have been like a little kid, but a little kid who was super passionate. Like if you know what I mean? If my if my son or a little nephew was that young and that into hip hop, like be like, yo, what would like, you know what I mean? Like go play, go ride a bike. but You know what I'm saying? So I remember as a little kid, I was passionate about it then. And then, you know, getting, you know, being a certain age and meeting the busters, the Timberlands and talking to them about, you know, Oh man, you got into this hip hop. You missed the, the, the gravy train. Cause that's when they used to do $2 million videos and, people had a million dollar budget to record an album and all that when I got in they're like yeah we're done with that
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying
0: so it's like I just missed a certain era and then it's like kind of when I was rocking it was it was weird because internet hadn't really popped like that yet so things were still kind of organic but leaning towards where we are now and where we are now it's just like everything is on broad you know on broad street everything is front page but all the stuff that we've been discussing over this last hour and change and all the the different vibes and the the the, the things behind it, you know what I mean, the feeling behind it this is this is why I'm still doing music primarily, why I love it, why hip hop still keeps my lights on. It's because of those feelings, you know what I'm saying, And it's like if more people were to be as passionate, you know what I'm saying, um I, and and really look into it. You know what I'm saying. I think the culture of hip hop um, would be even bigger than it is now. Hip hop is big, but if you ask people about stuff, they have no idea because they don't care because it's no longer about the culture. It's about the random song that they hear that they like. Pop the molly, I'm sweating. Woo! Yes. They say they say that in the club, <laughs> but that's about it. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't really go further than that nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's so crazy. Like I, I love it. Like hip hop is dope. It's funny. Shy wisdom tweeted the other day. She's like, It's crazy. I'm in Maple right now and these rich kids are hanging out of their bends and singing started from the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy because it's like now it's just about the song. Like people they love the song, but it doesn't go further than that.
1: Right, right. There's you there's know, not a connection to
0: the culture. There's not a connection to the culture and to the to the people. You know what I'm saying? And for hip hop that's what, you know, that's what it started off as and and it still is, you know what I'm saying? Like the funny thing is, although hip hop is huge, there's still people that live in in a lot of lower class neighborhoods that still are actually the ones that dictate what is fresh. Mm. The the ones that myself, the Drakes, the Lil Wayne's, the Bustas, these are the people that we still look to to see what's ill.
1: I heard I heard it once. Somebody saying, "You want to know what is is the next fad or the next uh, thing in 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 American pop culture? is like go to." Harlem and look at what the 16-year-olds are wearing, what or how, what they're listening to, and that's, that without, will dictate what the next trend is. Without question. So, and that's so, where, something that's, to that where, effect.
0: And that's where these things start, you know what I'm saying? And we can, ne- we can never forget that.
1: Cardinal Official, you're mm. a scholar, a gentleman, and an unbelievable artist. Live and direct <laughs> dot com. Let me read that. Okay, so it's live, the word live and the word and direct. D-I-E W-R- E-C-K-E-D.com, liveanddirect.com. And because of that,
0: what I'm going to do is just create a portal so you can go to (laughs) i'madumdum.com and it'll take you to liveanddirect.com. Just follow me at Cardinal O. You'll be good.
1: At Cardinal O on Twitter. That's Cardinal with a -A -A K-K-A-R-D-I-N-A-L-O. Yes, sir. On Twitter and Instagram, same thing, at Cardinal O, Mm -hmm. one word together. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, and uh, this felt like sitting in my kitchen again, telling stories. Although <laughs> some of the stories we couldn't repeat here, but it was right. still cool to to go down memory memory lane and uh, and share some of your experiences. So I appreciate having you, man.
0: Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents the podcast.